So I think this is episode 10 of the All Around Podcast. A lot to get to today, including a couple reviews, but I think we can save Mulan and the boys for the end. Um, But I'm Alex, talking with my dad. Uh, So I saw Tenet today. Yeah. And obviously not going to get into spoilers, it just came out. But it's, um, I don't know, it, like, it's good, it is good. It, I, I kind of run into the same issues I kind of ran into with Interstellar a little bit, where it's so heady, like it is so just very, um, you know, you definitely got to pay attention but it's so concerned with the concept that it's kind of like, that's all you really care about. But I think that, you know, Nolan, I feel like with Dunkirk, he kind of came back to, it was like, okay, he, he went to this, um, he went to this place where it was very simple, very straightforward. And, now he's back to making super complex stories. But the problem is with Tenet, it's it's not like Inception. Like Inception, I feel like, is the peak of, you know, I understand, I understand everything, but this is about as much as my mind can hold in a two-and-a-half-hour movie while mm-hmm. still understanding. Mm-hmm. The thing with Tenet is just a kind of, it kind of goes above and beyond that a little bit, where... You understand it, but you're still kind of like, okay, well, you still have questions of like, how did this happen? How did that happen? How did the physics work here? Where, um, because my whole thing is like, if you have to see a movie multiple times to get the main premise, not necessarily to catch like little small details to like that maybe add to it, but catch the main premise, like that's, that's it. That isn't so much a problem with the audience as much as a problem with the movie. Um, but I don't know. There, one of my biggest issues with the movie is that when you see it and certain things are getting explained, it's like it's literally like um, it's literally like there's music that's playing that is so loud <laughs> that you can't hear the dialogue, and. Or you can hear it, but it's kind of like you don't really understand what they're saying because, like, you know, uh, he's got the music cranked up to whatever because it's this dramatic scene. It's like, well, I'm trying to understand where the story is going. So if you could just turn it down a little bit. But, um, like, everyone's good in it. And it's interesting because Nolan's kind of doing this Tarantino type thing where he'll get these pretty famous actors that'll come in for like a scene and all they are is they're just playing this bit part but because they want to be in a Nolan movie they'll just be in a scene but uh it's it's fine people say it's it's Nolan doing James Bond which is like I guess and but it's not really it's not really a spy movie um someone said it's Nolan doing Terminator which is I, I don't know I don't know what so it so it tries to it, it goes beyond inception in sort of trying to figure out where are we, what's going on? Or um, is that, is that, and, yeah. and, and because of that, okay, so I think you're a pretty smart dude and you were like, yeah, I kind of lost 
I kind of lost track of where we were in the it's, grand. It's literally of like it's it's pretty much like okay, through the first half of the movie, I'm pretty much like okay, I get it. Like it's a little don't be wrong, it's heady. It is very like yeah, you need to pay attention. But I'm like okay, I'm on the same level as like Inception, right? I'm you know, if I if I saw Inception when I was 18 instead of 13, I think I would have gotten it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think going back, it is like it's one half, and I'm good. And then there's a part where there, and it's not the exposition part because like they explain it to you how everything works, and it's like okay, I got it. And then there's, and then there is a type of thing where things reach a certain point. It's not the climax of the film, but a, a certain set piece happens. And then it's kind of like they have to explain to you even more in depth. And it's like, okay, cool. But then there's like, there's music going, there's characters with accents, with a Russian accent or an English accent. And it's kind of like, okay, you got this music playing that's kind of loud. I'm trying to understand what's going on here. And that's the part where it kind of loses me. And then as it goes on, it kind of makes more sense. And I will say the rules they set up and how time travel works is a little different. And I actually like it, how different it is. But I will say, as far as a movie that uses time uh, in terms of uh, a use by, like, criminals or law enforcement, essentially, because that's their organization is, is essentially, like, a covert intelligence agency. Mm-hmm. In terms of use by, like, I will say Looper and Predestination did it better than Tenet. Um, well, and is it... Um... Is it sort of the primer? And I've never seen the movie Primer, but that's it's sort of really well known for being this ultra low budget movie that is a time travel thing. But the math that they that they explain in doing that movie is so complex. And I say math, but the way that the time travel thing is working, the rationale, yeah, the rationale behind it is so complex. It, it it's like you have to watch it. Um, a bunch of times and you frankly need to write your own diagram to understand what was going on. Do you think oh, that w- was it going down that path and was no one trying to get people to have to watch this thing multiple times to truly figure it out or I, I guess, but really it, it's, it's like, you don't, it's not hard. It's really not hard to get. I think if just things, if you turn the volume down on the music and you really understand what they're saying, it is kind of like you can understand because there's certain stuff in the movie where I'm like, okay, I get it. Or I know what's happening. I know what they're, or I have a feeling like what they're going to reveal or something like that. But with inception, it's kind of like, okay, you kind of have to, you have to absorb that. Hey, in the dream world, time is moving slower. So as they go deeper, because they're under for 10 hours on the plane, right? In, in the real world, the under for 10 hours. So it's always, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a magnitude of 20 as they go each level down. So they, it's a week, the first level down, it's, you know, six months, second level down, it's 10 years, the third level down, and then there's limbo, right? So like, you have to keep that in mind. Like, that's why Saito could go mad because if he goes in limbo, he could be down there forever, even though 10 hours on the real world is only 10 hours and he could lose his mind. So like 
you when you put all that math together, it's like, okay, I got it. I, I get why this is like, there's a risk here. And it's not just like, oh, you're in your dream world. Like I get why quote unquote risk of death or whatever. So like you do that math. With this, it's kind of like, okay, you're doing the math and there's, there's certain information that is withheld from you. And you can, sometimes you can figure it out, like you can figure it out, but there's just, there is a set piece. There is a part of the movie where it's like, the I feel like that would have been so I would have followed along so much better as someone who was very attuned and paying attention if literally just turn the music down. I mean, good Lord, because Kenneth Branagh is doing his Russian accent and it's like, OK, you're listening. You're trying to figure out what's going on. And it's like, all right now. Yeah, there's some things because the whole point is inversion. I'm sure you've seen the trailers. They talk about inversion. Things are moving backwards. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out how, because the way they do dimensions in this is, is cool because it's like, yeah, the dimension exists in reality. Like there is no like other plane. It's not like, you know, uh, you know, it's not like you go to this different place. No, it's all in the same place. Just there's like this slip, like things are just happening on in the same world just one is going forwards one's going backwards it's not like you walk in it's not like counterpart where you literally walk through a doorway and you're in a different parallel universe necessarily mm -hmm. it's all there so that's sure. kind of cool but then like when you try when your mind tries to worry about the physics of what is inverted and what isn't it, it, that's like that's where it kind of gets you a little so bit. So, so, so does it work did he get too cute with the conceit of what he's trying to achieve that it blows up the narrative and because, um, because in that context it's really about finding the appropriate balance between the two where you say okay yes this is happening and it's not too cute and it's not too much math which we'll frankly talk a little bit about uh later about something else um but but well, then there's this art larger story they're trying to do i mean at first I thought he was, but then when it kind of, when you let the movie kind of go on and it kind of provides that cap, like, like predestination did like predestination. You're kind of like, what's going on. And then I remember when we were watching predestination, like 20 minutes before it ends, you really start to figure it out. And you're like, no way, no way. And then right. it kind of has that cap. Right. Now the whole point in time travel is that it doesn't make sense with paradoxes and all that other stuff. So that's, there is, you have to like, that's going to go in your brain. So, and Looper is like the same way. The well, Looper. I mean, Looper's pretty airtight because it's literally about closing the loop. Yeah. yeah. So there weren't that so many like, moving pieces in that movie. Exactly. This one, there, there's quite a bit. Um, but no, I mean, I, I don't want to go too deep into it. No, but fine. it's like, yeah, like at you think he's kind of getting too cute with it. You're kind of like, oh, where, where's this going? And then when it starts to kind of provide the, the drop those hints to provide that cap, you're kind of like okay, I get it. I might need to watch this little 15 minute segment again, because I really need to understand what they're saying in terms of certain negotiations and all that other stuff. Uh, certain conversations that are had, you're just like, okay, I might need to like go in a little bit there, but I will say just like coming it's, you know, if I started, if I go from the prestige on, this is probably like for me, you know, I have like Dark Knight, Inception, Dunkirk, I would say 
I really I know a lot of people have problems with Dark Knight Rises. I like Dark Knight Rises, but like Dark Knight Rises, Prestige, Interstellar. I would uh, I would probably put Tenet right above Interstellar and probably above Prestige. Hmm, okay. Uh, I mean, it's still good, but it's just like to me, it's not Dark Knight, it's not Inception, it's not Dunkirk. Um, you know. Okay. It's it's good. It's funny because. So Aaron Aaron Taylor Johnson is in it, the guy who played Kick Ass, and the role he's in, it's like, oh, they couldn't get Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy was probably busy doing something, and they got Aaron Taylor Johnson. Like it's so obvious. Like, oh yeah, that would have gone to Tom this Hardy, would have been the Tom movie. Hardy role in that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Well, I will. They, the way they dress him up, you're like, oh my god, that because literally, I'm watching it with Joe. Joe's like, is that Tom Hardy? I'm like, no, it's not. But clearly, they wanted Tom Hardy. Okay, so so worth the watch. Um, yeah. Oh my. God. Well, did just, you see it on IMAX yeah. or did you see it in a regular movie theater? Regular. Uh, it would be great for IMAX. I mean, obviously, he makes his movies. Now, IMAX, now, like... now. Um, there's IMAX. In terms of there's IMAX and there's LIMAX. Um, and LIMAX, LIMAX is IMAX in movie theaters as compared to true IMAX where you find in like a you know, a planetarium sort of thing and they throw it up on the oh, movie and stuff, well, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but... But it would have been better. It would have definitely been better on an IMAX. Yeah, I mean, there's one scene in particular where it's like, yeah, this is built for IMAX. Um, there's one scene, and you, you'll you know what it is when you see it, where it's like, oh, this is clearly clearly built for IMAX. Just like the stuff. whole... the when, when, uh, when they blow the hospital in Dark Knight, it's like, oh yeah, that's that is built for IMAX. Like there is a scene where it's like, yeah, yeah. I will say it is nice just to see, you know, after watching Mulan, um, just to see like how certain things are framed um, in the in the movie. I mean, obviously Christopher Nolan's a great filmmaker, but uh, the way I mean his team, whether it, like his editors, his sound mixers, all that stuff. I mean, it's. Obviously, it is a. It's great to look at. It is sounds awesome. Did not have Hans Zimmer as his composer this time, though. It was actually Ludwig uh, Granson, um, the guy from Community and Black Panther and Mandalorian. Okay. So, oh, the so other, yeah. The other, although, yeah. although when you hear it, you would think it's Hans Zimmer because it's you know it sounds just like a Hans Zimmer score. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's good. I'd probably give it like an eight, seven and a half, or an eight. I mean. You definitely gotta pay attention though. Well well, I will give you a review of something I watched that you have not seen and I'll be brief about it. Um it is a documentary on HBO. It's called Class Action Park. Very mm-hmm. different very different movie. Um it is for those that aren't familiar with it's about this sort of legendary water park, go-kart park in northern New Jersey. Like so far north in New Jersey, it was sort of it's almost it's almost in New York state. Um that this dude had, had got some land and was going to open a ski resort and basically created a water park. And, you know, there's a movie that came out a little a few years back named Johnny Knoxville. That was a complete failure that was sort of loosely based on this park, which was just filled of these rides that were totally engineered poorly like death traps but fail every safety yes every like safety measure 
like when the fire department would come in and look at whatever it would fail every one of those but but um you know it does a thing that much like the bo jackson espn 30 for 30 thing did where all of the stuff that was sort of urban legend based where you tell the story it would do it in a sort of you know low res cartoon as it would explain what would happen and it was a lot of just interviews of people um, telling their story to the camera. The, the one thing I'd say about it is it's, it's fine. Um, the one thing I'd say about it is if you want to get a snapshot of what it's like for folks, what it was like growing up for folks my age where, um, you know, no helicopter parenting, no cell phones, people just went off and did stuff of that era and you just went and disappeared um, and that's what growing up was like back then for folks that are Gen X typers, you know, that <laughs> late forties to mid fifties where you went there just to experience stuff. Um, but with that classic sort of New York city, <laughs> Elizabeth, New Jersey sort of vibe, it is truly a snapshot of that mentality. Um, um, I, you know, worth watching if 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 you want to get a feel for what it was like growing up in that time period like my age maybe a shade older yep action park that's that's kind of what it was and that's then that's what kind of being a teenager was back then too if you had sort of parents that were sort of uh, their own disconnected it, it is this sort of uh gen x um you know, boomer parents with Gen X kids and boomer parents are off doing their own thing. You know, you know, d d don't get me started on how baby boomers are sort of the reason why this country is in the condition it's in. But but Gen X who were sort of left to their own devices by their boomer parents that were out doing their own thing would go to these parks and and it's it's sort of uh, let them run free. Yeah, and 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 you know what? It's probably why I, I would say you would never see um, millennials at this park. Um, but I think it's why there are folks. Maybe the Gen Xers are much more. Um, it is what it is. Take life as it comes. You, you know what? You just you, you deal with the you deal with the hand you were dealt. And, and you just sort of deal because there's things like action park that can just happen to you. And you know right. what? Life is a bumpy road. You just deal with it. And, right. and, and I sort of look a bit as a bit of a microcosm of, of whatever. So, so, so there you go. I was able to insert my opinion that the boomers have totally effed, effed us um, across the board and permanently. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Let's uh... talk about the news. So. so actually quite a bit of news, but uh, so the first uh, images, first stills from David Fincher's next movie, Mank, are out about the screenwriter for Citizen Kane, which is considered one of the best, if not the best movie ever made, um, where Gary Oldman's playing Herman J. Mankiewicz. Yep. One of the chosen people. Yep. Um and uh, I, you seem a lot more excited about this than I am. I, be, okay, because because that era, one, that era of filmmaking, two, the whole Citizen Kane making of that movie dynamic where you were basically just making a movie to stick it to the biggest entertainment media mogul 
Um, William Randolph Hearst. Yes, uh, of its day, who controlled 25% of the newspapers. Um, Back when newspapers were were were, were relevant, was, yes, yeah, very relevant, yeah. But but I mean, Hearst had influence. I mean, Hearst, yes, Hearst, and what is was it the Spanish? What is the Spanish American War? Probably doesn't happen without a lot of um, some journalism. some would call it yellow journalism. Yes, but but yeah. so he had incredible influence, and and here was um, Wells, who was this sort of extraordinary talent. For, for a number of uh, reasons, uh, just decided. Ah, French champagne. Oh, well, well, even before he would talk about <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, that, I, know. I mean, what he did, World of Worlds on the radio that sort of changed. When he was like 22. 20. Yeah. He was doing, uh, he was doing Shakespeare and like um, in his even younger days, I think. Um, and then he was such considered this sort of, lightning rod one in a million sort of talent that RKO pictures gave him essentially a blank check knowing his relative brilliance though with that came his temperament um to say here you go go do it he takes his radio actors that he leaned upon took him took them let's go make a movie got a hold of some um extremely talented writers. I mean, Mankiewicz wrote a whole bunch of movies, not, mm-hmm. not lim- including the wizard of Oz. Um, so it's not like he was an unknown guy. And so let's, let's go and create this, this movie, which is, which frankly, the layers of that movie and the stuff that is um, not made evident, but you really don't know. Um, you really don't really recognize even after multiple watchings. Uh, because Citizen Kane was sort of the movie that changed all the rules, broke the narrative structures of movies. Um, you know, to go back to that era um, and the also making the, of that movie would be the technological be cool. aspects, yes. how he how he uses the camera, how he uses lighting. I know the a big obviously there's everybody loves to take the picture of the big you know where he's got the big banner behind him he's sitting there on the podium but the one when they're in the film room and the lights showing behind him and you don't see his face like that's a big like, that, like the, that's a big, that's a big one like, when they are yeah. walking when when the dude is this is near the beginning when the dude is sort of walking into um the room to sort of get the uh get the letters or whatever uh, and that's mm-hmm. it's like the the light sort of shining through the ceiling and and, and it was Greg Tolan who was a cinematographer. Um, the, the other scene that is really like um, well known and 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 now you don't really think about it now because there's so many techniques used in cinematography, but where Kane is older and he's going through after his uh, wife um, paramour girlfriend leaves. Um, he goes and breaks things up in the room. And in order to shoot that, they ended up digging a pit and putting the camera in the pit to sort of shoot it at ground level. Never been done before. And, and that's just one of a number of things. Um, There's also the one at the beginning where they do the, the zoom out and they go through the window of the house. Like, yeah, starts at the snow of him playing as a kid. Yeah, the camera zooms out, zooms out, and they're looking through the window. And it's like that's in night, you know, in 1940 or 1941, that's it's unheard of. Yeah, so, um, so Mankiewicz is just the writer of the movie. I mean, the cinematography of the movie is kind of what and, and structure of the movie that sort of non narrative structure where it was flashbacks and stuff yeah, like that. First movie to first movie to really do that. 
Um, but but Mankiewicz was the writer. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all over that. And then, you know, it's Fincher. He tends to make pretty good movies. Um, yeah, I Gary, know you love Zodiac. Gary Oldman tends to be pretty good in movies. It's yeah. like, yeah, okay, okay. You know, I, I see old black and white from that era, and I think Gary Oldman, and I'm like, man, this this probably screams to be a Coen Brothers movie, but that would <laughs> that would probably be a little too quirky. And, um, y- you know, F- Fincher, I think, is, you know, from what I had read, I think... He's been, Fincher, like, wanting to make this movie for a long time. Yeah, Fincher said his old man wrote the script, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, I believe so. And um, it's, I mean, yeah, dude, I'm I'm all over it. When's it When's it come out? Is it Is it 2020 uh, or is it next year? It might be. It's probably. Is that the end of this year? It says 2020. Okay. Um, although Netflix has yet to officially confirm, producer Eric Roth stated the film will be released in October 2020. So this is a Netflix produced movie to get put in theaters for to be Oscar yeah. bait, but it's yeah, a yeah, Netflix. It it's a Netflix yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you know how I feel about Citizen Kane. I think it's really good. I think, you know, is it one of the greatest movies I've ever seen? No, because my whole I you know my whole thing about yeah, if you're first to do something, that's great. Uh, that's awesome. You know, but I'll just if the movie is good, if the story is good, I'll you know, hey, then I'll look at it a different way. But like, so, so, so there's yes, so, so there's two shows I would say to watch almost as companion pieces to this. So one is a movie called RKO Two Eight One, which came out probably twenty plus years ago, and that's where um, who's the uh, stage actor that played Wolverine in one of the movies who does uh, the... What, the... Hugh Jackman? Were you no, 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 no. Not, not Wolverine. Um, Sabretooth. Um, and he oh, does... Liam Schreiber? Okay, so Liam Schreiber plays Wells. And so basically RKO 281 was sort of the number assignment that RKO, the movie studio, gave it. And that is essentially talking about the movies being made. Schreiber played Wells. Um, I don't know who played Mankiewicz or not. That was a movie that was made maybe for TNT. Pretty good. The other thing to see is a documentary that you can probably see online. And I want to say it was a PD, maybe a PBS doc, which is just called The Battle Over Citizen Kane, which talks about, which is really a Wells bio for the first half hour. But it talks mm-hmm. about all that, all that goes on because you have, um, you know, because Hearst uh, for those that don't know, I mean, after this movie, as talented as uh, uh, Wells Orson was, Wells. it was kind of the he was kind of done at that point because essentially the movie Charles Foster Kane, who's the subject of killed. Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. he basically is based on William Randolph Hearst, and Orson Wells kind of sticks it to Hearst by saying how he is this. Uh, morally corrupt, morally bankrupt mogul. Um, yeah, I mean, and any sense of humanity has basically been forgotten by him uh, through his life, and he's shown to be this incredibly controlling, incredibly um, what's the word? Well, well, for for his weaknesses that Sensitive. he had, yeah, for his weaknesses that he would have because he bought and controlled newspapers and was very good in newspaper business. He continued to buy more 
newspaper so he could essentially could try to control the narrative around himself exactly and, so, and wells and, was the one who would who essentially broke it now now i would also say that uh, i would say was Hearst that bad probably not ultimately it's a story not it is not purely a direct analog i mean Hearst was not trying to run for office like kane was in the movie no but there was but enough the, similarity they, there that that Hearst was all butthurt and decided to just try and tank the movie Right. When the movie came out, which right. is that, you know, it's very ironic. He goes and makes then RKO has has magnificent Ambersons all set up to be made. Um, and um, it's essentially done. He then goes off to maybe Africa to make some movies for World War Two um, mm-hmm. as part of like um, RKO making some movies for for, you know, the war effort and stuff like that. RKO yeah, like, shreds you know, Magnificent Ambersons to pieces. It's there's parts of it that are great, but Wells is just think like it basically killed my baby. Um, you know, from that point on, he's never no one ever touches him. Wells is also this sort of over the top, um, you know, never you know burns through money um, while he's an incredible talent. There's no level of responsibility that he has in, in putting stuff together. So you see like these moments of brilliance, like he's in the third man, which is a great movie. He does um, touch of evil plays this bad guy, which is really good. Chimes at midnight is thought to be really good, but it's like, um, you know, he just scraping money together to make stuff. He did a very um, extremely low budget uh, Macbeth that I think is really well received, but it was just, you know, duct taping a production together. And that right. was, which is why in the seventies he was uh, doing Paul Masson uh, ads. And um, yeah, if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't looked up, uh, just type in Orson Welles uh, champagne ad yes. on YouTube yes. and just have fun. It is hilarious. Um, and then of course there's the pinky in the brain. Yes. Um, you know, there's or, that there. Was, his, his spirit lives on through. Yeah, the peas. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I would just say that it was the peas green, and stuff, right? The yeah, green frozen peas, peas and yes. green penis. Wait, yes. that's not right. Wait, I wasn't. No, I wasn't gonna say green yeah. penis, but you. So, well, that's what he says in the critic. But uh, next story, yes, is uh, so David Benioff and DB Weiss um, finally maybe seem to be committed to their next project after Game of Thrones. They're gonna adapt this series, the three, the three body problem. Yes, uh, which, a Chinese book series tells the story of humanity's first contact with an alien civilization. And supposedly, it's pretty well received. But I know Twitter was like sweat, uh, sweat set ablaze because people were pissed that they were gonna adapt this trilogy. Well, uh, so you know, you you look at what I've I've not read the trilogy. It's it's a Chinese. Yeah. Um, book series that I'm not mm-hmm. sure when it came out, but from what I understand generally, so the three body problem is a physics problem that basically says you have three bodies in motion and physics, it's really difficult for physics to sort of predict when the three bodies that are in motion or gravitational pull against each other. So there is um, no rhyme or reason to the way that they move relative to each other, but they're close enough together that gravity pulls them so it's sort of out of whack and the thought there is that earth gets caught in the midst of this three bodies 
And so Earth goes from very cold to very hot, and there's a sailing civilization. Um, so that is sort of the, the conceit of the broader thing. The book, from what I have read, it's like they spend so much damn much time talking about physics as compared to having any character development. And I'm like, like Interstellar. Okay. I mean, I'm like, okay, guys, you made a movie about a book series that had ridiculous character development. I mean, one, thank God this book series is done. But if it is up to, if it's up to these guys to build some character development on, on their own, on, 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 yeah, on their own or really having that went. Yeah. I mean, we saw how that went. You're going to overlay it upon this rough storyline that doesn't have much character development. Good luck guys. Good luck. Well, my biggest thing is, you know, they, there's a clear decline of game of Thrones once they came off the books. Uh, season six, I, st- I would still contend season six is pretty good. But, um, you know, you see season seven, you definitely, you know, you see season eight. Um, and it's just, it kind of just goes back to, I just, I don't think they're very talented. You know, uh, you look at David Benioff's writing credits. He co-wrote 25th Hour, which is, you know, supposedly pretty good. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's pretty good. But then he, he co-wrote uh, X-Men... Uh, Origins Wolverine, which is terrible. Uh, he did. Um, I know DB Weiss. All he's really done in the film or TV world is Game of Thrones. He wrote a book before that, that was okay, I guess. Um, yeah, but 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 then, their biggest success was driven off of something that was so rich. Um, they, they had were a lot just... of lore to pull from. Oh my God. Yes. And they only pulled. Okay. I mean, yes, they did really yeah. well from taking 5,000 pages and shrinking it down into, you know, 50 episodes. But once that yeah. went away, okay. Now this is a done book series. So who is this? Is this Netflix? Yeah. Because right. So that's the other thing. So, so also David Benioff wrote or co-wrote Troy the movie Stay in 2005, which wasn't very well-reviewed. Nice. Uh, and Gemini Man. Oh, God. Well, see, yeah. they they are just... So You said Netflix, right? Yep. Netflix is, just know, try- just... Netflix is just trying to find something. So, but that's the other thing. It's So they're done with Game of Thrones. They sign on to... Or they wanted to do that show Confederate, which got, you know, that got axed. Because nobody was really interested in it. Uh, well, I, and I, I don't know. If people were interested in it. I think whatever they at that point in time when it was announced, they could have done whatever the hell they wanted, and they yeah. had gotten it. Um, I think well, it just basically it was not HBO... it, it was not time. It, it was not a good, um, um, you know, a, a, the idea yes, of the Confederacy also... winning the uh, Civil War and having slaves going all the way yeah. up to a certain day. and because it would take place in the present day, and yeah. and they basically try to say, well, we have a black producer attached to it as well, and it's like, that's not really the point. I don't think anybody, nobody really wants to see it. I mean, yes, there were the people that were virtue signaling saying how this is hateful and whatever, but I, that's not, to me, that that's not an intriguing premise. Like, what if the Confederacy won? That's not an intriguing premise. Now, Man in the High Castle... That's different. That's actually, I, you know, also that includes sci-fi elements. But Man in the High Castle was actually pretty interesting, interesting, um, at least for a season, because that's how much I watched it for, but or a season and a half. 
But yeah. um, last season, but nobody, last season was rushed. So, so uh, you know, the HBO wants to keep them. Basically, they want to do Confederate, and then they sign on to do a Star Wars film trilogy. Kathleen Kennedy, great decision. Um, then, yeah. So then, like, I what was it? Like a year passed, maybe. There's no movement. All of a sudden, they sign a deal with Netflix, a two hundred million dollar deal with Netflix to produce some type of content and this is it uh, yeah and this is it uh and then you know Kathleen kennedy then they left quote unquote left the star wars project but it's interesting because they signed on to do that star wars project before the last season of game of thrones and colin trevorrow signed on to do episode nine before he did that crap uh book of henry that movie book of henry mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah these two crappy things come out and all of a sudden they leave the project and it's like hmm, that's interesting so, so um, I'll tell you a story about Netflix here. So, so let's just look at Netflix. In, so Netflix trying to get the cash flow positive. In the beginning of 2010, Netflix had $200 million worth of long-term debt. Okay. In 2013. Was it like $20 billion now? In 2013. I'm sorry, 2012, they had $400 million in long-term debt. In 2016, they had $2.4 billion in long-term debt. Um, and as of the beginning of this year, they had $14.8 billion in long-term debt. Now, their EBITDA, the long-term debt, EBITDA is their, I'm sorry, debt to EBITDA. Before, I'm sorry, debt to EBITDA. So essentially, it's a cash earnings flow. Earnings before interest taxes. Right, and depreciation amortization. So think of it as yeah. cash flow, okay? Right. Their debt to EBITDA, let's say in 2018, was 7.1 times. So the amount of long-term debt they oh, had Lord. relative to the amount of cash flow they had. So cash on hand, right? No, cash flow. So how okay. much money came in? Earnings okay. taking out non-cash expenses. So at year right. end 2017, they had $6.5 billion in long-term debt. Their EBITDA, debt to EBITDA was 7.1 times. Okay. That's pretty yeah. leveraged. Okay. Yeah. They doubled the amount of debt. Okay. Yeah, to the year in 2019, but their debt to EBITDA is down to 5.6 times. They might be turning a corner here. They might be turning a corner. I mean, it's 7.1, okay. 7.1 to 5.6 times. What's, what's okay? <laughs> but you've doubled the amount of debt. You've brought on. You've you've grown your earnings more than your debt has grown. I guess. But I'm just like, okay, man. You're just stacking debt. You're throwing money at guys like this to find something to keep driving your earnings. But you know, good you luck. Know, that's guys. the thing we talked about. That's the thing we talked about like three, four years ago. Once it was pretty clear that all these people were going to get in, all these people, all these companies were going to get into the streaming game, like Disney, Warner Brothers, all them. It's like okay, they're coming in. They own a lot of content. It doesn't cost anything for them to just put stuff up. Whereas Netflix doesn't own a lot of, they don't own a lot of content from, you know, over the past 70 years of, of Hollywood production. They got you know I mean? to create it. Yep. Yeah, they got to create it. And it's like, okay, you're going to create all this stuff. A lot of it is bad. A lot of it is not very good. Let's just be honest. You know, but I, I you know, you go on HBO Max and I think, I still think HBO Max is very underrated. Uh, was watching, I watched what, Going the Distance and Ocean's Eleven the other day. And it was just, it's just on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's the thing. They can create all this content. It's just, I, you know. But but, but they, listen, they can place that, you know, the stock is doing great. I mean, it's it's up sure a ton is. as all tech 
as all tech is up generally, but um, and, and, and the reality is there will be buyers out there for their debt. So they'll be able to do it. The question is at some point, you know, at, at what point are they tapped or, or they just, they just work out other deals. I mean, they're too big to get bought. Their market cap is too high, but okay. It's at some juncture, you gotta, you gotta turn the corner with earnings. They yeah. went from year end 17, their EBITDA was, I'm sorry, year end 17, their EBITDA was, you know, $900 million. Year in 19, it was 2.7 billion. That's great. I mean, they tripled, you know, in two years. That's really good. But unfortunately, over that same window of time, their debt's up. Yeah, their debt um, almost doubled. Okay. The hope is you turn the corner. Are there that many other users out there to do it? You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, okay. But you know what? New content. You know, n- not to get too deep into it. But, but they, got, they have no choice but to throw money at these folks. So they're writing bonds to buy these guys because they just don't have the cash like other whales have. Ryan Murphy, okay. half a billion dollar man somehow. It's like Ryan Murphy, half a billion dollars. I just... Well, and, and, and it's like, is Netflix... I don't think of Reed Hastings and those guys as really being tastemakers. They don't really have taste. They're just doing brute force. Oh yeah. Who's just, looking for money? Okay. Bang. Write him a check. We exactly. can put the debt, write him a check. But that's I just, all it is. Three body problem. I just don't think that's going to be very good. And you're right about the brute force thing because I'm t- some of these movies that they're making, I really think that cause they'll sign good filmmakers and these filmmakers, like these movies just come in and they're just kind of like, eh, it's just, well, here's the man. deal. Like, and, I'll probably like, love that's a Netflix movie. I'll probably love that Mankiewicz movie. Uh, Fincher, oh, yeah. Gar- Gary Oldman, and it's about that. It's probably going to be great. There's no, I mean, I don't know what the budget is on it. There's right. no, I'm talking, there's no the effing is, way it makes money. <laughs> it's no, not going to make any money. Exactly. The whole the <laughs> issue is like they do not have the they do not have the four quadrant mega movie. They don't have the genre. They do not have the genre movies that draw crazy audiences. You know, they don't. And they're not, not saying... in a. And they're not in a position to write checks to score IP that has built-in audiences. Right. Exactly. That's the. That's the other thing. It's they. They just don't have that. You know. They. You know. They put a hundred million dollars into Bright. Bright isn't good. It didn't. You know. It's. It did not attract whoever. Um, whatever audience they want to do attract they are like, they are they're putting out little markers all over the place here's two little 200 million for db weiss ryan murphy here's that here's that hopefully one of these really hits hard the obama's and got money board. and oh also dude, prince we, harry prince harry and Meghan markle signed okay, so, a deal with netflix so are, are we on to that one now because yes, i yes. i have opinions okay go ahead go so um oh so you know, hair. You know, Harry has no discernible talent. Um, okay, um, Meghan Markle. You know, solid nine. Okay, attractive. Can open a briefcase with the best of them. Okay. Oh my God, <laughs> audience! It's a deal or no deal reference. Okay. Deal or no deal reference. I just... and 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 you know found a way to do some Disney Plus narration of you know nature docs. And she's but, in suits. But what it sounds like they're signing an Obama deal 
um, sort of, and, and it sounds like they want to do documentaries. And from what I've read, documentaries, feature films, scripted TV shows, and children's series. Okay. So from what I've read though, one of the docs they want to do is on the Royal family. And I swear to God, I mean, I mean the, the Royal family is, is its own sort of weird little um, thing. Um, It's this weird sort of circus of its own. Right. But my God, the crown is so good. But, but I would say that Queen Elizabeth obviously um, keeps whatever level of dignity that there is. The problem is, and this is not unlike the royal family throughout the years where a bunch of the Georges were just straight up crazy, which frankly, when the family tree doesn't branch out like it ought to, no wonder, no wonder some of them look like the way they do, okay. Charles. Okay. But, Jeez but, um, but. Um, you know, this is, you know, Charles and Diana were messes as people. It's pretty clear between each other. He's going to play Diana in the crown. No, who? Uh, Elizabeth Debicki, who's, who's in Tenet. She's the girl who's in the night manager. Tall girl. Oh my God. Yeah. The girl who's like six, two. Okay. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Okay. Um, but, but, (laughs) but my take is. You, you know what, this is, and, and not that I give a damn, but I mean, you know, the name of the royal family, they're just going to brand it. And they're essentially like, all right, how do we monetize, you know, how do we monetize the royal family? They say, you know, we're going to break away from the royal family and not have their allowance anymore that they get. Um, but instead of doing that, no, we'll just lean into the royal family and make money off of them another way. Okay, great. Um they purchased I, a $15 million home in Montecito. Montecito, California. Oh, 15, okay. $15 million. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, uh, the, the, the only thing I can hope is, you know, uh, Queen Elizabeth um, lives uh, beyond Charles and the crown rolls to William and there's some semblance of dignity. It seems like that's going to happen. Good luck. N- Netflix. No one's going to care. And you're just pissing money away. Um, you know, I, I, I personally don't think that the, the Obamas, whatever the money that's paid to the Obamas, it ain't going to draw a damn thing. Um, yeah, I mean, they pay money, to, pay money to Shonda Rhimes as well. That might actually get, you know. She yeah, well, that, I, I mean, I mean I, you know, she can actually make stuff that people like. I mean, really like as compared to. As compared to, you know, the Netflix paying the Obamas and Prince Harry is the same sort of move that a publishing house pays um, an ex-president or Hillary Clinton type figure for their biography. You know what? Right. They'll write it. We paid them $8 million. It'll no make- one will buy the damn thing. Oh. The, the, the publishing house will lose their ass. But they want to be able to say, oh, we got the biography of this president. I right. I think um, you know how how um, how non Blumhouse can you be? Um, oh yeah, that's a good anti. Yeah, that yeah. is a good summation. I mean, if, if if I was a shareholder, I just I'd just be I'd be shaking my head. Um, well, I mean, you remember the video that came out where Harry's talking to Bob Iger at the premiere of Lion King? Yes, 
Yes. Oh, oh God. And, and, and he's pumping up, and, and he's basically pumping up Megan, saying, oh. And I, I love Iger's reaction, like, oh, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, so I'm like, get this. Yeah, his eyes got wider, and it's like, is he really doing this? Yeah. Uh, I You you mean, I texted you. I'm like, it's just the, like, this B-minus actress is just trying to, she's still trying to do stuff in Hollywood, obviously. She's um, mon- listen, listen, she's monetizing. She's monetizing the long-term investment she's made. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're not interesting. Like they're, they're not, you know, there's nothing about them to me. That's interesting. You know what the most interesting thing about them in my lifetime has been was when Amazon did the cord Hosenbeck and Tish Gadigan thing for the Royal wedding and Will Ferrell gets on there as they walk out. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. yes. That's been the most interesting thing about their relationship. But, but, but I mean, even if you moved away from interesting, but it's like when I think of Harry, okay, he might have been in the military for a little bit of time. I think he was. And I yeah, just know they, he got yeah, busted for said. like wearing Nazi uniforms at some Halloween party when he was like in his 20s or something. Wow, really? No, but I mean, I just think of something in the news. It's like, okay, Harry, there's something. I mean, the other piece about Harry that's interesting is, you know, it's rumored that, you know, she, he's not Charles's uh, kid. He's like the kid of that one dude. Um, you know, th- uh, there's not Diana much. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can't remember his name. But I mean, you don't really see much of an appearance uh, similarity between him and his brother. Um, it's true. And so, and so that's somewhat interesting. And boy, you make a doc on that, folks will watch it. And maybe that's what it's going to be. Pretty sure the crown um, is going to touch on that. For seasons five and six. Do you uh, really? I mean, is that going to be? Oh, a they down? talked about. Are they? Charles. Are they taking? Are they taking Diana and Charles down in it? Well, he, they talked about not uh, not uh, Charles, but they talked about Philip kind of messing around with other women. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, like, and they kind of make it, they don't say whether he did or didn't, but it's kind of like, brother, man, I'm messing around some other chicks. Like, come on, we know it, you know it. They, like, they basically bring it to this point of, like, make your own decision, but hey, here's this mountain of evidence that he probably did, and here's how Philip was. This is kind of how he acted while he was married, so da-da-da-da-da. So, yeah, they're, they're I'm sure they're going to talk about, they're going to talk about uh, Charles and, because, like, the last season, they talk about like Charles and Camilla's relationship when they're in like their teens and stuff. Okay, and... so so do me a solid. Google James Hewitt. James Hewitt. Yes. And what James Hewitt and Harry? Prince yep. Harry side by side. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Oh, 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 that's not good. No, no, it's that's like actually, that's kind of right on. So. Yeah, that's mm. okay. Moving on. Yes. Um, so, listen, we're, hey, 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 we're we're also not breaking any news here. This this is yeah, been rumored for years. So Netflix. So now Netflix is offering street free streaming for certain for non subscribers. That is for uh, certain selections. Of, of their content, including Stranger Things and Bird Box. And I... <laughs> that's, you're so immature. 
28 no no i was just saying 2018 wants their movie back it's like oh yeah yeah verb old sandy bullock highest paid actress in hollywood um good for her so are they gonna show like the what are they gonna give like the first season of stranger things first episode of the first season of tv shows offered (sighs) and i I, that's fine i you, you know what it's they are not losing anything. Um, well, I know why they're doing it. Probably, I mean, I think they're doing it because of all these, all the new entrants. Well, I, and and I think I think what they've also said is, you know what, all of the marketing we've done, man, they have 193 hit, million subscribers. We've pulled in everyone we can. We have to try to get the rest of the people in. What's another way to do it? Bam, this way. Let's yeah. try this. So, you know, I mean, I, you know, I hope, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know whether I say I hope, but I, I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, they're, they're, oh, they're no. trying to get that last, they're trying to get that last subscriber. I don't think it's going to, yeah, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to make a huge dent in like, Ooh, I'm kind of on the fence. If I watch this first episode, if I watch this movie, I'm, I'm going to pick, you know, I'm going to pick Netflix. If you want to put a movie on there, I wouldn't put Bird Box necessarily. Bird Box is, you know, I don't know. I maybe put, I would put set it up on there. A little little rom or always be always be my maybe. Just put some like ninety minute rom com on there that's actually pretty good. But uh, yeah, I do so, some. Uh, hey, phone. Yeah, I know. I uh, somebody Facetime me. I turned it off. Oh. Uh, so I, you know. That, I would put one of those. I just Bird Box is a little heavy and very heavy-handed, but it's fine. It's just yeah, but I, I think I think they're probably trying to give a taste of hey, here's the breadth of sort of shows available. Yeah, uh, but so Mandalorian season two release date came out October thirtieth, twenty twenty. Guessing you're pretty excited. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, we are getting hit hard with a lot of entertainment right now between, um, between sports kind of turning back on college football is really going to be going hard next week. Um, um, as is the, as is the NFL, as we get deeper into the NBA playoffs, not that I care about much about baseball anymore, though the Orioles are respectable. Um, good on yeah, them. Doing better than um, but then you've got, all these other shows like the boys and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of things hitting. So yeah, I mean, we my, are a lot of richness, you know, yeah. as we get back to normal. You know? My biggest thing with the Mandalorian is, you know, they clearly started, they, it's clearly the first season is not very hard. I mean, it is very simple in its presentation. It is very cause effect, uh, you know, problem, conflict, climax resolution like it is very cut and dry each episode like here's the issue how are we going to solve it here's how we're going to like it is very straightforward that's so fine I would, no it's fine i'm not saying it's a bad thing that's Especially, what it should be that's what star wars kind of i that's what star wars needs to be one. not necessarily all the time because that can get boring that's i think that's why episodes seven eight and nine don't really because it's like, wow, we're doing this again. We're doing this again. But I think if you change up like 
what the conflict is, or you change up who the participants are in the conflict, it's actually pretty interesting. Like, or you make things morally kind of gray, you know, with a bounty hunter. Like, it's kind of interesting when you do light and dark all the time. It's not there. It's not intriguing at all. So, but I would like to see them take a step up in terms of just in, introducing a little more, being a little more, uh, taking a little more risk, I guess. Because uh, my issue was, you know, you had like forty-five minute episodes where it's like, man, this thing is like kind of dragging a little bit. But uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm looking forward to it. October thirtieth, awesome. Because especially because Stranger Things probably getting delayed and marvelous mrs mazel's probably getting delayed so that sucks marvelous mrs mazel best show on television um okay it's a good show it ain't the best show on television what's the what you gonna say the boys no i just don't think it's the best show on television i have no idea what is i mean the the wire right now right Eh. now not Eh. in general best show on television in general i mean I don't know. Breaking Bad was pretty good. Um, community. Uh, but looking forward to it October 30th. Yeah. That should be fun. Yeah. Disney Plus revealed Mulan's release date for Oof. all Disney Plus pres- subscribers after the premiere access run that cost 30 bucks. So when uh, is it? Gonna, when is it going to be? December 4th. Essentially three, three months. Three months. Now, this is, I know I was surprised just because why would you tell people that if, like when people just wait to see it? But anyways. So what did you think about it? You saw it. Oh, what did I think of it? Okay, so now you want to get into Mulan? Yes. All right. So to anybody that hasn't seen Mulan, you might want to skip ahead because this is going to have – I mean, it's the same as the animated yeah, movie that just, came out 22 years ago. So – um i you know it's fine it's not why, as good as why did they why did they make it like why did they give her the force uh yeah oh my god oh my god yeah it's like it's a as it's like as, a star wars movie now exactly like, yeah the as soon as they started talking about chi and how she could like do these things it's like Oh, it's, it's yeah, like it's the because once they said like it runs through all living things, da, 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 I'm like, oh, it's the force, and the force is based on chi. I mean, I don't want people to like be like, well, you know, the force like is based on this. I know it's based on chi. I get it. You know, uh, George Lucas. A lot of that stuff is based on Eastern uh, like traditions or Eastern mythology with yeah, chi. Yeah, but but. but- no it's like well i don't know i mean i think it's one of those things where in an animated movie it is believable in this sense like there's always the suspension of disbelief in an animated movie but i think if you make a mulan movie where she's just like this great warrior i think people will be like what she's like 18 19 and she's doing all this i mean i think that's kind of why they introduced the chi aspect to it but i i the the cartoon had so much more humor and yeah, um, yeah no I, harvey and, firestein like, yes yes uh, yes it, but but take that away tough guy. um take that dynamic away but i mean um it just had more humor it was not about her being this 
this person with special powers or anything like that. She was just like, she was scrappy. She was scrappy and found a way through hustle, intelligence, and being creative. There was also there was also a thing. Yeah, there was also a thing in the the original Mulan where there was this reality check of like, yeah, you don't know everything, you know. Right. You have this guy's better than you, and he's going to train you, and uh, like, or your commander is better. He's going to train you. He's going to help you. You don't. You can't be stubborn. And she isn't, and she gets better. Now she also introduces her own thing of like, yeah, being creative. You know, I know my one of my favorite things in the anime movies when she has the weights and they have to climb the big pole. And instead of climbing right. it with the weights holding her down, she uses the weights to help her by like tying it around. So like, right. yeah. And they kind of introduce that with how she starts the avalanche and and, and everything. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, it's not better than Jungle Book. It's not better than Cinderella. Uh, well, it's and but 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 it's not even it's not even better. It's not even about it being better than that. I think, I think the movie was a lot of color and a lot of spectacle, and just not much under the surface. And um, yeah. it, also, the whole sort of um, you know, there's a weird thing Disney does where it's like we want to make it feel real, but they do it with a lot of Chinese American actors. And obviously not the lead actor, mm-hmm. but I, I think the, I think I would have the, loved if this thing wasn't subtitled. The super, yes, the, it was way too American for it to feel real. Yeah. But I know Disney's also saying, well, we got to sell tickets here. We can't have this. We cannot make yeah. this Crashing Tiger, Hidden yeah, Dragon. Yeah. It is not going to work. And it's funny because they wanted Ang Lee to direct it. And I'm sure the reason he turned it down was he wanted to do probably some it would be yeah. real and they said no and they got nikki caro to do it so and she did that mcfarlane usa movie with kevin costner um which is actually not a bad movie but you know that was a i'm pretty sure that was a disney movie as well so they got her to do it the the other thing is you know 200 million dollars you can do so much 200 yeah. million and that's i yo come on, 200 million and that's what you made i didn't I, I didn't really see it. There were no. a lot of big set pieces. It looked like it was filmed on location for authenticity's sake, which probably made it made it really expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a whimper. Now, now that said, for it, was it a bad movie? No, no, it wasn't bad. It, it's fine. It's harmless. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. Yes, there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. It's fine. Is it going to make the money back? I don't know. It made seven or eight million bucks, I think, the first night overseas. Um, you know, when I was checking uh, the pirated sites just to see what sort of action this was getting, I mean, there were 50,000 uh, seaters that had this movie up um, on Saturday. Yeah. So this thing is, this thing's out there. Now, obviously, it needed about eight and a half million people to break even to press the button i will really be intrigued to see how that does yeah. um that said fifty thousand streamers um or fifty thousand people uh try to steal it um you know what while while we're talking i'm just gonna see well while you're doing that um they Go said ahead. mulan 2 is actively in development which dear god i mean I, I hope not. My big thing when they're redoing these movies, 
is don't do the hits. And I understand why they do the hits. I get it from a financial standpoint. From an artistic standpoint, don't do the hits because you're not going to top it. You're just not going to, which is why I think when they did um, – when they did – okay, people, I haven't seen it. About about 28,000 seaters right okay. now. So it's down. So, but when they did um, like Peach Dragon, like a lot of people thought, like believe like the live action thing of Peach Dragon was like, was literally a superior movie. Or when they did Jungle Book, I know, I mean, I liked Jungle Book a lot compared to uh, the older one. And I think some of that is just because the older one, maybe just because it's older, because it's dated with the exception of uh I want to be like you with the exception of that. Yeah, Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken is not sort of Louis like Prima, a, I know. My boss Gigantopithecus. Like, uh, they a, they literally added a well, verse to that song so he could rhyme something with Gigantopithecus and it's like you know, he's sort of but but he's sort of like the what's the movie where he plays the mob boss? Kangaroo um, Jack. That, um No, 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 no. Oh, Rundown. No, no. Um, it was a movie Quentin Tarantino wrote, and Gary Oldman was in that. True romance. True romance. True rom- romance. He he sort of was. It it was that sort of character. Okay. Um, he wasn't mob boss in Kangaroo Jack, though. I just, for the record. Oh, thank God. Michael and Michael. Okay. You know, Michael Shannon was in that movie too. Crazy. Kangaroo yeah. Jack. But anyways, keep me sorry. So. Well, uh, we all got to we all got to start somewhere. So well, you know, he got he probably got paid pretty well. But uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's in, I mean, I think it's interesting to have him as a mob boss type character because, you know, he's trying to get the trying to get the red flower um, and everything. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, Mulan was it was it's what, whatever it was what it was. I, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. Um, I thought Donnie Yen was really good I'm, in it. There's that. Who? Donnie Yen. He was the commander. He was like that. The high commander, not like the drill sergeant, but the main dude. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, he's like he's an it man. He was in Rogue One. He played the blind guy in Rogue One. He's been. He's he's super popular in China. Oh, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought he was good in it. Um, you know, the witch totally called the witch thing from the beginning. I don't know why they made that character, but whatever. I know why. <laughs> well, I told but, you but, why. Yes. And, and I, I, you know, because okay. men suck. Okay. <laughs> That's why they made that character. Um, you're, you're learning. But Jet Li, I don't know what movie he was in. Um, what the? Oh, he sure. He, he definitely. He was definitely voice. Yeah, they definitely, definitely voice dubbed over, his so. voice because that was wow. Uh, I'm. I was. You know. Well, last thing I'll say. I was pretty happy that they made the emperor like a badass. Kind of like when the twelve dudes are coming after him and he takes the the big banners and he just whips them all. I like that because the whole idea. He's like he's the son of heaven. He's like the chosen. I actually like that. Kind of reminded me of Jade Empire a little bit. The game. Okay. So, I, to me, that was that was really cool. But um, okay, want to move on to Venice, the Venice Film Festival, which was which actually went on. I was surprised that wasn't like canceled. Um, but th- who gave the speech? There was basically a, what's her what? 
What's her face? Kate Blanchett. Oh, Tilda Swinton or Kate Blanchett? Yeah, I saw I saw Tilda Swinton said so. Yeah, they they were basically they were you know with COVID and all the theaters shutting down. Um, uh, was it? Oh yeah, the opening film was Italian director Daniel Lucchetti's marriage drama with size. Anyways, the quote was. Today, movie theaters are opening their doors again, though, like festivals with a degree of uncertainty and anxiety. No one, no one can live without films seen in a movie theater on a big screen with an audience with all the chatter and the silence. Wow. The balls. The balls you have to have to say that is just, oh my God. Um, we wish to firmly repeat this tonight. We must take care of our movie theaters. And all together, they and we, the theater and the festivals, commit to taking care of the films, the artists, the professionals, the critics, of all those who bring cinema into existence. So color me shocked that essentially someone at a horse and buggy whip trade show would say that the automo- like the automobiles are terrible. Right. Okay. Um, Let's get real. A film festival, no matter how many stars are there, it's a trade show to talk about how wonderful we are. Yeah. You, you know what? Pe- people, people, the way that actors get paid is for people to go to movie theaters and buy tickets to movie to watch them be in movies. Mm-hmm. People are not going to say uh, Netflix is the future. Because the way you get paid is by these movie houses or these uh, movie production houses selling a whole bunch of tickets to big movies. Um, that's that's what it's all about. I'm sh- I'm shocked shocked to hear that. Yeah, it's just I'm I, I'm I'm shocked to hear that baseball players would say that baseball is terrible to watch um, only on television, and we need fans in the right. stands because they're going to, I mean, they're protecting themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and nothing against it, but consider just, the source. No one you can know? live dad. No one can live without film seen in a movie theater. Oh my God. No one can. What, what the hell, what the hell happened before? Exactly. 1900. Right. How did we survive <laughs> on this earth? How did we make it this far? Tell us when to be before someone said to before the you know to be in a French room dude, with living creatures in a big screen and to see see a film in Venice is pure joy. Living creatures, she can't say people. Living creatures, just, uh, just, that's right. Let's go. Let's go sit with a bunch of llamas. Yeah, <laughs> and watch. We need to talk about Kevin. Oh, thanks. Jesus. That's that took a turn. Um. It, like I get it I get it but just say like I mean look there's nothing wrong with being real about it it's like hey we want this industry to stay alive so we can make some money hey I'm trying to get paid right. uh, <laughs> but I, the last story we've got so John Boyega was interviewed by GQ and uh, Star yes. Star Wars <laughs> Star Wars came up and um Essentially, he's been pretty miffed about the fact that 
his character Finn, as well as um, what's his name, uh, Oscar Isaac's character Poe, were sidelined as the movies went on, and it was just about Ray and uh, Kylo Ren, and that essentially Finn and Poe had nothing to do. Um, but I, I have my theory about why they were kind of sidelined. You have your, I don't even know what yours is. You'll just say, you just said, I have a different idea. Oh, I, so, I, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll say my, I'll let, I'll, I'll let you go so first. I'll say mine first. Cause I got a whole bunch so, I can say. I think what happened was in the first movie or episode seven in the first movie, when Finn and Ray kind of get together, it's very clear that Finn like has a thing for her. Right. It's, it's very clear. So, and you're kind of wondering, does Ray have a thing for him? And in the movies, it's pretty well established. Jedi are a little, uh, not celibate necessarily, but they can't, I mean, yeah, I guess they are kind of celibate, but they can't have like relationships. They can't have kids. That's the whole point. Like that's why Anakin, when Padma's pregnant, keeps it in secret. Cause it's not allowed. It's part, it's against like the Jedi code or whatever. So there's that whole thing. But I think as it went on, I felt like when Ray, when it was clear Ray and Finn were not going to be an item, I'm like, okay, so it's because of the whole Jedi thing. And then they kind of just go to this uh, thing with Ray and Kylo Ren, and they have the kiss at the end of Nine. And even though I agree that, yeah, I think the kiss is not so much romantic as much as it is like this kind of relief or whatever, you still put a kiss in there for a reason. So personally... I just think uh, Disney was kind of afraid to do the interracial thing. Honest. I really do. I just think they were kind of afraid to do that because we're talking about a company that puts a same-sex kiss in episode nine and takes it out when that movie is in China because they know China's not for that. So I just kind of, I think they were kind of afraid to do that. Also, also. Really? Okay, go ahead. One second. Also, there was all the rumors about Finn and Poe having a relationship. Which I think, you know, hey, if you want to do that, whatever. But supposedly JJ was all for that and wanted to do that, and Disney said no. So, and Oscar Isaac said that on the record. So, you know, there's that whole thing. I don't know if I, I don't, uh, you know, that's a whole other. If that's true, wow. But you know, to to me, I just I don't think, uh, you know. And I think when they added in that other stormtrooper in Episode Nine, the black girl in Episode Nine. And she was also like a stormtrooper who rebelled and left. And her and she and Finn have all these similarities. It was just kind of like, really, mm-hmm. really, you're just gonna, just gonna throw that in there. Like she's exactly the same as Finn, so they have to have this like connection. I just felt that was mm-hmm. poorly done. But anyways, go ahead. You can. Okay. So there's multiple layers to this. So. Whatever the scoop about the Jedi is, listen, they will flip. Listen, they came up with Metachlorians or whatever the George hell. George came up with Metachlorians, I mean, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, I'm saying, you know, the, the past, I'm saying as a, the past, as a, the past means I'm nothing. As a, the sacred I'm text. saying as a justification <laughs> of why her and okay. Finn didn't, like, if people were like, hey, why didn't Finn, I guess. they could use that I and it. it could apply. I'm not saying they don't have control, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, so, 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 so there's a few levels to this. One, Gets back to Kathleen Kennedy being the F up that she was as it relates to this. She threw the ball to Ryan Johnson, right? Yeah. In the second, the second movie, he did whatever the hell he wanted to do. 
he decided to swap stuff up. Mm-hmm. He was like, we're going to focus on this. It, it is what it is. That's what happened. If there was, so, so that's what happened. Ryan does his movie, sort of flips the script a little bit as to what it potentially could have been, as to what, as to what um, Boyega thought was going to happen. I have no idea what was said to him beforehand. But so, and then J.J. Abrams come, comes back in, makes a pretty, not, not, not very good movie. Fine. Okay, so, so, you know, not surprising. The whole movie thing was a mess to begin with whatever um it it happens welcome to hollywood okay my my second thing i'd say is john boyega you're young guy don't shit where you eat okay don't talk don't you know there's only a few major houses that are out there you don't need to david caruso your ass okay for your career you know what i i what or Catherine heigl oh my well yes yes Though I don't think he's remotely as bad as she was. No, but, but... So it's like, yes, I get it. Now, but, but here's my most important point, okay? His comment is, you know, oh, Disney talks about being open to doing all whatever and this and that. And, you know, they didn't stand up for it. Let me tell you something about the nature of companies today. Companies are only going to, they're going to say whatever they need to say to keep anyone who might protest them off of them. Whether they follow through on it or not, who knows? You know what? They're going to talk whatever, but the second it shows that it's not financially beneficial for them to be a certain way, they're going to turn that off. If there's a market for them, you know, if Nike finds they're selling shoes by saying whatever they're saying in their ads and they're selling more shoes this way, they're going to keep pushing it. The second that it turns off that hey, we ain't, ain't selling as many shoes as we should have been, they're going to turn that off and you will hear nary a peep again. Why? Because none of these companies exist for the sake of creating inclusive environments. Companies don't exist for that purpose. Companies don't exist for giving certain people more opportunities or whatever. They exist to maximize shareholder wealth. And if it turns out that the, um, it's the alignment of inclusiveness aligns with maximizing shareholder wealth, fantastic. It will continue to happen. But as soon as the, if those things become disaligned and they don't align anymore, companies are going to stop doing it. Okay. So guess what happens? Disney has to market movies to China. The China isn't exactly inclusiveness. The, you know, the Han Chinese, the yeah. yeah, the Han Chinese aren't into other cultures. Just ask the Uyghurs. They, the Han Chinese, aren't all that high on black people. Okay, worst kept secret, y'all. Worst kept secret. Right. Okay, that that's why. Okay, if you go to see the Chinese version of the movie posters, John Boyega is not exactly prominently displayed. Okay, Disney's Disney's making a movie that they're trying to maximize that four billion dollars they spent. 
And if they decide like, you know what, hey, we had to make a business decision here, they're going to do what they're going to do. And so if you hear companies saying, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. First of all, believe it when you see it, because a lot, there's a lot of sugar, honey, iced tea talking that a lot of these companies do. Mm -hmm. And are they really doing it? Because look, I'm going to say all the right things. But whether they follow through on it or not, whatever. And I think that's you that's know. the thing. Uh, you know, when Amazing Spider-Man two came out, and and eventually Spider-Man that series was canceled, and Andrew Garfield was asked about it. Andrew Garfield didn't really want to. You know, he doesn't he doesn't come out and really say like, well, they didn't know what they were doing. He just kind of says, you know, it was unfortunate everything that happened. Uh, I put my all into it. I think the the yeah. most. Like the most damning thing he said, and this isn't even damning, but this like literally the most damning thing he said is, well, you know, when I was on set, everything was kind of done in service to the story, not so much into service to the character. And that kind of broke my heart. That's literally probably the most like most inflammatory thing he, he said about his experience with Amazing Spider-Man 2. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, he definitely could have been like, yeah, they didn't really have a plan. You know, they wanted to be like Marvel. They couldn't. They wanted to do all these movies. They didn't have anything planned. Da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, with Boyega is like he has a quote. What I would say to Disney is do not bring out a black character, market them to be much more important in the franchise than they are and have them pushed to the side. It's not good. I'll say it straight up. End quote. Um, well, 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 I would say to that, that market a black character. Um, I mean, You know, John Boyega, do you want to be known as a black actor or do you want to be known as an actor? That's my first question. Yes, the reality is you're black. At the same time, marketing a character to pull it back, they didn't market that character because the character was a black character. They marketed that character because he was the PTSD stormtrooper, you know, after that person stormtrooper who's got the thousand yard stare, who's trying to muscle his way through it, who happened to be black. Okay. Now, now, whether or not you thought that that was an interesting character to develop, okay, I don't know. You know what? That gets back to Kathleen Kennedy's relative incompetence. But the thing is, okay? it's like, you know, none of them are going to, I mean, not for a while at least, at least Boyega and Isaac, I know that much. They aren't working for Disney very anytime soon. Um, whether that's their no. thing, it's probably more so Disney's thing because they came out and they just kind of were like, f this like and they on the record they came out and said that it's like guys i understand you guys are probably upset about everything that happened but um like i mean like you said like you just you kind of need to like you can voice your frustrations just be ready for the consequences when you voice your frustrations or like i mean that's that's basically what i would say oscar is gonna be fine he's gonna be in dune he he's fine Boyega. Boyega's doing Boyega's doing something with Jamie Foxx on Netflix. Yeah, he's, he's got his own right. production company. He's doing his thing. People still love him he's in Britain. Fine. Yeah, they're fine. He's fine. I'm just saying, just like, hey, you know, Disney. I mean, what was another thing he said? Referring to the salvage job JJ Abrams did on 2019 Star Wars The Rise Skywalker, Boyega says, Everybody needs to leave my boy alone. He wasn't even supposed to come back and try to save your shit. And it's uh he also like he was on Twitter, he's like, I don't, you know, all these Star Wars fans, I don't fuck with you no more. And it's just like Jesus. Um, well, and, and, and dude, fine. I, I mean, here's the deal. 
say whatever you want to say. The reality is someone somewhere is making a judgment to say, is this going to sell the most tickets? Because if it ain't going to sell the most tickets, we're going to go in another direction. Yeah. Whether it's correct or not, I don't know. But you know what? The reality is you're going from J.J. Abrams to Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson's vision was to just blow up the Daisy Ridley, all, what's his face? It's all about thing. subverting genre. That's what it's all about with Ryan Johnson. It's all about subverting. Well, right. Right. But, uh, so, I, I mean, but, 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 I mean, Boyega's going to be fine at the same time. It's like, dude, you know what? There's a lot of actors that would, that would fall over themselves to be in the position you're in. And they and they've screwed themselves in the past. You know what? Just don't. I mean, pro tip: don't shit where you eat. If if you if you're not happy about it, there's a way to say it. And and if you want to continue to say it, it's good. You're just putting yourself at risk. That's all. I mean, Disney's Disney's a big effing company. But guess who's never going to be invited back for reunion stuff? Guess who's never coming back? What Boyega? Yeah, hell no. Oh, he'll he'll be invited. He'll be fine. He'll be he will be invited back, but th- like this idea. I mean, they all Ridley, Oscar Isaac, uh, they all said like, nope, we're done with Star Wars. We're not going to be in Star Wars again. <laughs> like because I just of course that I'm, I'm of course sure, they are no, but I'm sure like that first movie they had a great time, and then supposedly there are just rumors like Episode Eight was just hell, and then them trying to salvage Episode Nine was just like. I mean, they were glad, like, you know, there are these stories of them crying when they heard J.J. sign back on and da-da-da-da-da, but it, it's just, I'm sure they were, you know, they all became and, very and, cynical after, the, which would actually surprise me with Oscar Isaac, because I feel like, you know, he's 40-whatever, and I'm like, dude, you've been in the business long enough. I think you know how things work. You know, Daisy Ridley, Star Wars was her first movie. John Boyega, he did Attack the Block, but then Star Wars was his was maybe his That's third first huge for, yeah first on. big movie but like that was maybe his third movie overall it's like oscar isaac's been around i mean the, i i would not be you know oscar isaac knows how this works <laughs> so i don't know that's my whole thing it's like dude you were probably you were paid pretty well sorry it didn't work out your way and again i don't have a problem if you want to talk about everything that went wrong that's fine just be ready for the consequences that's all i'm saying well well, there's that. See, but but that's where there's layers here. It's like, dude, if you want to be upset, be upset. Um, the issues of why you were de-emphasized didn't have anything to do with whether or not you were black. No, it had, had to, to do, do with, with there wasn't a plan. Had to do with th- there was no plan. Kathleen Kennedy sucked. Iger did not have the oversight he probably needed to have mm-hmm. to make sure things were moving moving in appropriate fashion. There was some broader arc. Yeah. They rush to get into it r- relatively. I mean, obviously, even though the number of years it was, they didn't really rush, but they clearly rushed. But so, so that's like layer one. Layer two is, you know what? I mean, companies are going to talk there as great a game as they're going to talk. But if it doesn't sell tickets, Dunzo, hello, wrinkle in time. Right. Guess he's guess who's not working for Disney again. What you don't think Ava, du- good- Ava DuVernay is not working for Disney again for a hell of a long time? She's not working for them making a hundred million dollar movie, probably. But oh, but but the reality is, it's like that's what 
isn't that what people fight for? Is the big is the big home run ticket? Thing? Well, I just think Disney. You know, they gave a two hundred million dollar movie to Nikki Cara. They gave a hundred million dollar movie to Ava DuVernay. I think they're, they're some of it is you know Ava DuVernay is talented. It's not like she's not talented, but some of it is they're covering their bases. Where you know if that reporter comes out and says, "Well, da, 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 why don't you?" It's like, "Hey, we did this thing and we did this, and unfortunately it didn't work out all that well, but we're happy to give opportunities to more." you know, directors and whatever of color or uh, women. And so, so, so that's the question. Did they know, you know, wrinkle of wrinkle in time, arguably I read it when I was young, but it was not an, not really a filmable book. And not that I've seen the movie, but not really a book that was easily going to translate to film. All right. Good luck. Well, I think it didn't matter whether it was good or bad. It was just, Hey, it lost, it lost a lot of money. Yes, you know exactly. Um, so I'm just saying so, I, don't want, so, I don't want anybody. To, so is Disney going to push? Is Disney going to push the chips? The, the reason I say that, do that the reason I say that is because when you say, "Hey, I haven't seen the movie," I just don't want anybody to be like, "Well, you didn't see the movie. How could you?" It's like it doesn't matter whether we saw it. Doesn't matter. It lost money. It lost money, and that's why they lost they, money. You know, they're not going to probably give a hundred million dollar movie to Ava DuVernay again, and and you know that's just kind of how the business works. Now, if they give her some, you know you know give her an episode of the mandalorian or something that's different uh you know and all that stuff no but but guess who they couldn't you know they probably couldn't wait to give was a coogler they probably can't wait to give him 200 million dollars oh, yeah They'll to do so can't wait to give him something else um, yes i mean project i mean can we can we have you on every deal and he's probably like no because I'm too, I want to pick and choose my stuff at this point. And he's in a position to do that. Right. So, I mean, I mean, that's, I, but, but the other takeaway is all these companies talking about how we want to do all the right thing. Yeah. They, they'll do the right things until it economically doesn't benefit them. And they are out of there. Make no mistake, make no mistake. And today now is a position where, okay, fine. It benefits us to do it. But until it doesn't, I mean, once it doesn't, they're gone. Yeah, cut the string. They are gone. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I forgot to even put this in the notes, but Amazon, um, they're in talks to produce Sony's suite of television series featuring Marvel characters, which is essentially just Spider-Man related characters. Uh Basically, they want Amazon to distribute shows centering around. Well, the, the show that's been confirmed is one. Are these like are these like uh, the street level guys? Kinda. I mean, well, they're all kind of street level. It's Spider Man. So, but one is the Asian American character Silk, um, which is again like it's like you know how there's the Bat Family. <laughs> With Batwoman, Batgirl, Robin. Yeah. This is basically yeah. the, the Spidey family. Because they're all just variations of Spider-Man. Uh, but essentially... That's right. They signed a but, deal. But, uh, but, uh, car- but cartoon, not live action. I, cartoon. There's no, nowhere does it even say that it's animation or cartoon. Or animation or live action. Um, doesn't even say. But in April 2019, they signed a deal with Phil Lord and Chris Miller... Funny enough, it's that's four months after Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse uh, came out, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that's still on Netflix. If anybody hasn't seen it, go watch it because it's amazing. 
Uh, here's how good Spider-Man and Spider-Verse is. I'm a big Incredibles fan. When Incredibles 2 came out, something I had been waiting for for years, I loved it. Six months later, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse came out, and it uh, it's a better movie. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, it is It is remarkable. The, the laugh-out-loud parts, along with the emotional heart pangs, it, its ability to move from the ridiculous to the sublime and having Nick um, and, and ridiculous in a good way. And then, and then the way it's drawn and, and yes, the, the gags yeah. and not without giving the characters up, but yes, the gags, the gags in it are great too. It is um, shockingly fantastically good. Where I go, like, the wind follows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is, it is, fantastic um but but if it is you know if amazon it's sony and it's going to be the same style well it says um, the sweet approach is similar to the unprecedented at the time sale of four marvel series and a limited series by marvel tv to netflix which was led by daredevil yeah if if it's live action i do not have much option yeah i don't well well, that's the thing it's like they signed phil lord and chris miller which makes me think it's going to be um animation because they did Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. And you know, they and, did Cloudy and, with Meatballs, they did Lego movie. Yeah, but but the thing that made Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse so good is that it is but it is so tight. Oh yeah. Like there's not a shred of fat on it. And if you look at those Netflix Marvel shows, oh my god. With the exception of the probably the first season of Daredevil. Even, well, those seasons could be half of their length and it's just yeah they're just they just put in so much filler yeah so if you make them if you make them tight and the animation will require it to be tight well and that's yes, fine I mean, make yes. six or eight episodes 30 minutes a piece yeah but that I mean, and Spider-Man, keep it tight Spider-Man wasn't that it was it wasn't that expensive like it was you know, Incredibles two cost two no, million dollars. T- Spider Man and the Spider Verse cost ninety million. I'm not saying yes, but quality over quantity. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It would be cool. It w- it would definitely. It would be. I mean, it's and plus it going to Amazon would also be awesome. It's not like Sony trying to launch their own yet another streaming service. Them kind of going to Amazon would also be nice. But um, it'll be interesting what they do with that. I hope it's animated. I. Like that, I think that is the deciding factor between me watching it or not watching it. Um, but speaking of Amazon, Friday, the boys season two. Oh, wait, wait, are we are we're not gonna talk about James Bond? We're not gonna do oh, two minutes on James yeah, Bond. Go ahead, go ahead with James Bond. No time. Um, I'm, I, I'm intrigued. So, is this gonna be is this kind of the handoff to Captain Marvel or what? Is, oh, is that, the, is that sort of where they're Captain Marvel? Um, LaShawn yeah, Lynch. I mean, is this where they're going here or no? Oh. Um, I honestly, um, if that's where they're going, so, fine. Okay. So how long, how long, so MGM got the rights from Sony for how many movies? It's not MGM. It's universal. It's about, just, it's M- about distribution, not production. I thought MGM got the distribution no, rights. MGM that. and Eon co-produced every movie, right? It's all about who's going to distribute. And Universal's distributing. Yes. Okay. So Sony's not distributing anymore. Because I thought I, I thought I read somewhere that uh, MGM was 
saying they were thinking they were going to lose three hundred million in ticket sales because of COVID. Oh my God, really? Um, they were expecting a billion dollar box office. They think the most they can hope for is seven hundred million. Well, because of COVID. Better plan accordingly. And, and I'm looking at and I look at MGM and what they own. I was doing a dig in to say, okay, they got they got that production with uh okay uh, Universal wins and, Universal is international distribution MGM domestic and an distribution so, uh, distribution right Annapurna and, joint and, venture Jesus okay right so 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 MGM I don't even know what sort of money that they wrote but that's a company I mean that's privately owned it looks like it's a bunch of private equity hedge fund types that own them I mean it's not publicly traded you know, MGM's assets is a whole bunch of historic movies and IP from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, this isn't going to take them down, but this goes back to that. Boy, oh boy. You know, when one of these big companies, you know, cause MGM went bankrupt in 2010 and then they reorganized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, boy, the next time that MGM eats itself, uh, I think that's some IP that one of these alternative entertainment players are going to, they're gonna they're gonna pull it and just pull it in and just have it be in their catalog. Yeah. Um, there's there's too much there. Is that Apple or is that Amazon? I don't think Netflix will because Netflix is just throwing off a bunch of debt. I mean, Amazon has limitless capacity probably to write debt. Apple more so limitless. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, I wonder if COVID punched them so hard in the face because of the production piece i'm just i i just wonder uh i wonder what happens that's all Um, i mean the whole lashana lynch if she's going to be the next you know bond you know jane bond as it were you know okay his wife is like 54 how old is he he's 51 i believe he was born 68 um oh okay so i the fact he came back to do another one is i mean I, I was shocked because he said all that stuff after Spectre. Um, but it, it is so that that last trailer is so just Rami Malik, just here I am, creepy mustache twirling villain, all that good stuff. I, I'm I'm having a hard time getting him as a villain. That's all. I I'm, I mean the stunts. It looks the stunts were the one with the the uh, motorcycle. Sort of jumping up over. I was just like, "Well, I know yeah. they had to like halt production for a while because Daniel Craig like broke his ankle." So, you know, it's uh, it's ambitious. Well, Tom Cruise can do it. He can do it. Right. Uh, I anyway, go ahead. I just I don't know. I I hope it's good. I think it'll be good. It's Kerry Fukunaga, so you know he's a talented filmmaker, and yep. I know what's her yep. face contributed to the script, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, but um. Uh, I will say, what's her face? Leah Sedu, the love interest, the French girl. She, I mean, the whole, this whole Bond, Daniel Craig Bond series, nobody's really compared to Vesper Lind in the first one, played by Eva Green, because she was the one who could, like, keep up with Bond and would always kind of point out his, like, all his insecurities and what he was like, and it's just, I still find myself missing Vesper Lind from the first one, so... Yeah, but anyways, uh, so the boys season two premieres. They released the first three episodes on Amazon on Friday. Uh, Tough. It's good to see something familiar back after COVID. Um, <laughs> what? 
No, no. I I, I liked um, I, I liked uh, the Homelander uh, Giancarlo Esposito stare down. Oh I mean, yeah, the, the power it's, play. It's like the give me just. It's like seventy five percent Gus Fring. Well, yeah. What I love about hit. it is the the attitude of his character was the dude, his character from Community, that episode in Community, like the the super oh. kind of nerdy like half brother of Pierce. But his uh-huh. whole kind of demeanor and everything, and his whole uh, tactics, totally flat. Is totally, yeah, totally flat. It's totally gust yeah, ring. Yeah. Like it's cutthroat. But he talks like he talks like that dude. So I thought that was great. Um, but I love his whole thing. It's like we're not a superhero company; we're a pharmaceutical company. I thought that was, that was great. Um, but I, I'll let you go for the first three episodes because I, I got my notes. But what do you think? Um... I, um, the whole Scientology thing with the deep, I, I been trying to figure out where they're going with that arc. Um, if, if, if only trying to let's, let's humanize these guys some more. I think it's just, um, you know, they have somebody in a, you know, cause everybody, you know, with Scientology, it's all like they have these celebrities in these quote unquote positions of power or whatever, or power and influence. So I think they're just trying to get somebody, get them back into because the, they're trying to get them back into the seven. And it's just, okay, let's have somebody who's part of this church and have them in the seven. And then we have like, we have our Tom Cruise or whatever. Um, Homelander. I don't know the name of the actor, but the, the, finding the, old, the finding the milk bottle thing. Oh God. I, I, it was just, Ugh. it was amazing. Um, I'm, you know, Stormfront. I mean, I think I know where this is going. Um, considering the background, you know, we're going to pull Nazis in. Her name is Stormfront, for God's sakes. Um, oh, like, if you like look Storm at her belt, or something. Her her belt her belt buckle has one of those eagles. Um, she's sort of uh, she's sort of uh, entranced by Homelander's blue eyes. And oh, kind wow. of gets a vibe, kind of has a vibe where, um, you know, makes some sort of uh, yeah, she makes a racial uh, comment towards yeah, racial some some racial stuff there. I'm like, okay, I see where this is. And then the obviously lightning bolts and you know the yeah, SS yeah, lightning yeah. bolt thing. I'm like, okay. And then you look at the way the company is, uh, you know, the founding of the company. This is a very uh. Werner von Braun thing of, hey, these guys were complete, utter assholes with the Nazis until America brought them over, and then they became the greatest of Americans. Right. It's like, yeah, but guess what? Underneath that, guess what? Um, you know that they were maybe some of the worst human beings um, that ever existed, and so I, I think there's that um, thing. I, I, you know, and obviously. Um, I don't remember the CEO of Vaughn. I don't remember his name. Um, Stillwell, what's his name? No, Stillwell was what's her face. No, um, um, what you're trying to figure out, uh, Giancarlo's name. Giancarlo Esposito's uh, character. Yes, Edgar. Edgar. Yeah. Let's just call him. So Edgar knows exactly what the history. He's exactly what's going on. Edgar's the one that brought in Stormfront. He knew that Homelander is causing trouble because that's why the terrorist, quote unquote, um, was a you know, that's why she needed to bring him in. And here's someone who it sounds like can give Homelander a bit of a run for their money or run for the money. So, so something's up there. 
Um, I wonder if this is like the, people, people I wonder like, if this is the face. I wonder if this is a, an eventual face turn for Homelander. Yeah, if that's, that's even what possible. Are like, are we really you know going mean? to root for Homelander? To, well, like, well, like, well, because because you know what happens is, does he break down because he's ultimately incredibly insecure and he's dealt with it by being sort of an asshole, and now that he's not the the toughest guy on the block, and his kid can't stand him, that's sort of where it's going. So I'm. I'm intrigued with uh, I'm intrigued to see I'm intrigued to see that I'm I'm also the, the butcher um, Huey like Huey sort of gets a second wind there at the end of the third episode okay just seeing where that okay how's that playing um, oh, oh because I'm, he kind of reveals there. he reveals the thing about Vaught. He leaks the story or whatever. Is that what you mean? Well, well, yeah, but there was a part where, you know, he's sort of losing it in the tunnel. Yeah. Um, but then when he's saved, you know, Butcher comes over to him and he's sort of like, he sees, he's like, yeah, I kind of got it. And yeah, the story is revealed. And okay, I'm here. I'm back. I have not. Yeah, because he keeps watching down. the Billy Joel thing about the second win. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Like, okay, so don't judge me, but. When Storm Your Judge, no, but when Stormfront, when she kills dude at the end of the third episode, and she's got him on his knees, breaks his hands, and she's like, "Open your eyes, I like to see the light go out." Was I the only one like kind of turned on, like a little bit, <laughs> like <laughs> just like ever so slightly? Well, so 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 you're so you're uh, so i'm not you're, saying i'm into that I'm not, you're I'm into not, you're no. into gasping no. or something or what i'm into what gasping no it's just like you know the way the don't camera... don't do the don't hey don't don't let the david carradine thing happen no, to you jesus christ uh i'm just saying the <laughs> way like, like see the lights go out no the way the camera it's just like the way she was talking about first of all pretty attractive girl just want to say that but of like uh of like uh un of like this sort of unclear uh ethnicity okay well she's she is it, oh, okay whatever yeah i know Maya I cash know. is Go jewish ahead. but that's the name of the actress but uh no it's just like the way like the way she kind of says it i mean there is yes there is this dominance thing obviously like that goes without saying but like i was like oh that's kind of a weird emotion i just had toward that and I wrote it in my notes, like weirdly. I think I said weirdly erotic. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, okay, dude. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> I should have never said that. Anyways, no, it's, it's, but I, I, I mean, it's fine. I mean, the, I, I mean, the character is. Uh, I think the character is going to turn extremely dark. Oh, obviously, sure. Um, sure. and and I do not know where corp corporately. It's going. Um, I, I'm. Um, it, it was also really weird that you sort of have kind of hipster chick haircut. Yeah. From from Portland, Oregon. Right. Okay. Name name Stormfront wearing all black. I'm like, okay, is this like an Antifa dig almost? I have no clue. And then it's like, I, I'm I'm like, that's really sort of interesting. Um, the way that they're. Are they being subversive here uh, in the story? I guess probably not. I mean, I will say uh, when the the Scientology thing with the deep. As soon as the dude offered him a fresca, I'm like, okay, this is some kind of cult. 
because like the camera is because there's no caffeine up close shot of a fresca and it's like okay so they're clearly signaling something like hey man you want a fresca and i'm like okay this dude can't be trusted like he doesn't know him he bails him out of jail you want a fresca hey have a fresca i'm like okay this is weird uh but that's judge that's judge smale's favorite drink what are you talking about judge what Caddyshack, oh. forget it. How about a Fresca? I just know Fresca Sorry. from Let's Go to Prison. Um, if you remember that gem, uh, gem film. Uh, no, barely. But so this is where I'm showing my age when I'm making Caddyshack references, and they're going completely. Forty over. years came out forty years ago. Uh, <sighs> I love the Beatles Brian Epstein reference that was uh, that was in the first episode. I just literally okay. I took notes, but like there was one line from butcher uh where they like they want to save they want to save the girl after she takes off with her brother and yes. that made me laugh out loud do you know what line i'm talking about no what did she what did he say looks like you he's infected you with a case of vagina <laughs> um. i literally <laughs> was dying laughing god like oh my god um but uh, with and they also had the TJ Who's Your Mama guy doing the storyboards of the, yes. the movie about yes. the seven. And I love the TJ the, Who's Your Mama, the, 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 PJ Byrne, that's his name. But then he goes, he does the then we come in with swelling music on oh, Zimmer. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was great. I thought that was the same dude, but I wasn't for sure. Um, uh, TJ Who's Your Mama. Patton Oswald as the Deep's Gills. Yes, was, yes, Patton Oswald. Good. Um, yeah, he was infected you both with a raging case of vagina. That's what it is. I just found it. Um, yes. Um, Butcher's wife. Uh, total dime piece. But um, shocker. Oh, and what's her face? What's her face? Yeah, her she gets blown, blown up. I literally wrote in my notes like, "Good to see Jennifer Esposito back." Never mind. That didn't last long. Yeah, her and I just love, but I, it is so holy shit! Like, oh. um, like yeah. yeah, she's yeah. Bad, bad time to lose one's head. Yeah, couldn't get a head in life. No, nope, never, nope. never be the head of a major corporation. Um, All right, moving on. Uh, also, the blind. But wait, her comment. But wait, wait. But but she got her head blown off after she said, "This stinks. There's something going on from the inside." Because she's CIA, right? Or something FBI. like that? FBI. But she's like, she obviously got some line into what was going on with Vaught. And there's something inside that's causing problems. So that is sort of a, okay, is that, um, fuck, I forget his name. What's, um, um, what's Giancarlo Esposito's character? Stan Edgar. So is that Edgar's bringing in Stormfront? What's going on there? Is she like already aware like this is going on and boom, someone blew her up? I don't know. Oh, and how about guy who how about guy who just is willing to let people pay him to cut their his yeah. limbs off? That's a great one. Oh my god, that's that is that's weird. That is I mean, a lot of the stuff in the in the show is is weird, but so, uh, so I was trying to watch it with uh Anne. And, There's too um, much gore. She's gonna hate it. We did not. It's like black noir. Boom! First minute. Oh yeah, yeah. Rip, rip the dudes. 
Oh, my rips the dude's face. I'm just like, yep, yeah, we're okay. She's like, yeah, I can't see this. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I go upstairs. Yeah. It's like, okay, it really slows down, but whatever. I mean. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah, the blind spot, the inclusive hero who's blind and Homelander. What if I just do this and he just he just slaps him? Yes. Oh my god! Yes, oh. yes, yes. Still just fantastic in its own. Yeah, the boys. Um, the boys is str- still going strong. Uh, still, r- episodes are really pretty tight. Um, they do not. It, it is the most not holding a damn thing back show I've ever seen. Yeah, I've never seen a show that has not held anything back. No fear. Well, it is what it and is. And like Carl Urban is, I, I normally just am not a fan of you know these characters that just chew up all the scenery. But it's just Butcher is so cartoonish where it's like, but he has to as a character. He almost has to do that to keep up with because he doesn't have superpowers. He makes it up in pure whatever. Well, his superpower is that he's basically so. Uh, psychopathically inventive um for example translucent in the first season he's got unbreakable skin you know he can't do anything to his skin how are you gonna kill him well stick a bomb up his ass oh oh right yeah we can do that there there are no limits nothing there's nothing too wrong you can't do there it's impossible to do anything wrong um in order to achieve the goal he has um does not matter yeah does not matter and then i joe texted me it's like 1 a.m and he's like uh ain't you twats glad i made it back or whatever (laughs) just like the most like yeah i'm here i'm here to save you guys uh my my question is what is the deal that homelander's talking about in terms of like his son and her and and butcher because he's like i'm letting you know, you know the deal we made, you know, I'm letting him run free or whatever. And it's like, so is there a deal that, hey, he gets to visit his kid and he doesn't bring any harm to Butcher? And then what's the, so she's living in this community that's like segmented off. Butcher doesn't know where it is. He, she's raising this kid. Like he's talking about, well, we made a deal. Like what is going on there? I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, but I don't know why he wouldn't kill Butcher. Yeah, um, like, I, yeah. Well, I'm just interested. I, you know, I was pretty hopeful because, you know, uh, Kimiko or Kimiko, her brother Kenji comes back. And I'm like, oh, man, they're going to have, like, some soups of their he own. He comes back? No, like, I'm saying he doesn't come back. I'm saying in when Kenji, when he's alive, before Stormfront oh. kills him. I'm thinking, like, oh, like... They got they got their they're building their own little team. Stormfront seems pretty cool, you know. Stormfront, Starlight, Kimiko, Kenji. They got their own little thing, and then Kenji dies. Stormfront turns out to be this psychopath who's probably crazier than Homelander. It's like, oh well, that you know that hope kind of went away really fast. Um, but yeah, and I don't I don't know what I don't I have no clue what's happening with Starlight now in and, terms and, of. Well, does does um, does uh, the fast guy just? I mean, oh he yeah, like he's to, He's he sounds like he's about to die. Yeah, because his heart keeps going out of whack, and because he takes all the compound V and everything, and 
uh, I don't know. I, and then there's Maeve. She tells her she tells her ex about how crazy Homelander is, which I think can only end badly. Um, well, but but the, I, yeah, I, th- that is another season because Homelander completely surprised by, you know, this stuff going public about the company. Um, I'm. Um, it, it, the company is trying the company will the company's going to continue to create bad guys so is so is like homelander not homelander is stormfront going to be this ultimate supervillain for homelander to beat you know you don't know what's going on with um can't remember edgar yeah you don't know what's going on you don't know like what his plan is and the strings he pulls you know i remember also reading somewhere it's like you also don't know like what does he got was he one did he have something in him edgar that there was this thought that you know he is not remotely concerned with homelander there's no fear with homelander and there was some thought like is he one um, does he have something in him? But he just never shows it, which is why he's got no fear. Um, yes, yes, he's super genius, head of the company or whatever. But, you know, um, that, that, that's sort of this other question. Because you got Homelander and Storefront. These are two people that could really F up a lot of stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you could die. Now, unless he's super fine with just dying, because it is what it is. Unless he's like, no, you don't understand. I have all the answers, and I can do whatever I need to do. You don't know what I can do either. Um, and and considering, you know, he's come on. This is a company that was started with the IP of a Nazi. He didn't become president for with without. I mean, he's he didn't get it simply because he's he's got really good business acumen. Right. There's something else happening there. So that's that's another. I mean, that is the bigger arc. That I'm just more intrigued with. So. Well, I'm interested to see where they go with Booker or not Booker Butcher, uh, just because I know I roughly know what happens in the comic series with Butcher. Um, like I know what happens uh, roughly, and so I'm interested to see what the relationship is like within the boys if that changes between Huey and, and Booker uh, Butcher. Okay, Jesus, I keep saying Booker. So, um, so I I have only. Yeah. Hey, so you were saying you only perused? I've only perused. I've only perused a few. Um, you know, I've probably read four or five issues of the comics, and I have not gone deep into what it is. But as over the top crazy as this show is, from what everything I'm aware of, it has nothing on the comics. Oh, the yeah. comics are bananas. Yeah, but- I've seen some of the panels. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's insane. Um, yeah, yeah, but so yeah, next episode is this coming Friday. If you haven't watched the boys, what are you doing? Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's all I had. I don't know if you had anything else. No, not really. I think we, I think we went pretty damn long. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but it, yeah. but it's but it's Labor Day weekend, so there's stuff to uh, there's stuff uh, a lot of stuff coming out. Um, yeah. Well, next so month, uh, yeah, next what's month what's is, uh, 
Wonder Woman comes out next month, which is crazy. That's end of the month, right? Uh, October first weekend, yeah. October second or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Uh, right, dude. But yeah. But anyways, take it easy. Oh wait, hold on. If Yo. you uh, like the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Uh, you can follow us at Instagram at the.all.around, the all around, or Twitter at the underscore all underscore around. So, yeah. At Jim at the bank. Uh, and at GA Thomas 35. Or that's on Instagram at GA Thomas 33 on Twitter. So, all right, Dad, I'll talk to you. All right, man. Take a light. Peace.